Chronicles of the Awakened is an ongoing story-based podcast. It is a work of fiction, created and narrated by J.A. Larocque. You can find this podcast on Himalaya, iTunes, Google Play, as well as Spotify, and many other places where podcasts are found. And now, Chapter 20, Children of Light. Clara and Flag called out his name in unison. I never saw Ethan in any of the realities I was exposed to, and it was Richter, as well as the false Clara, who had told me about him. While they looked upon him in amazement, I felt a dread come over me. Why did I trust a voice in the void so easily and completely? Everything else I questioned, including my love for Sarah as well as Clara. But it was his voice, his light, that brought so much clarity of purpose to me. So many variables. Ethan spoke, but the voice was not like before. He spoke more like Flag, a scientist devoid of emotion, than an all-powerful being that would defeat our mortal enemy. Ethan scanned over the three of us, and then set his gaze upon Richter. His eyes flared a deep crimson. I could feel the hatred radiating off of his body. With just a gesture of his hand, a crimson aura surrounded Richter's body lifting him up into the air. With a twist of his hand, Richter's body was flung against a wall. The timetable was disrupted. I need to get back to the task at hand, but unfortunately, I can no longer do it in this body. Ethan, how... Flagg's words had barely parted from his lips when Ethan waved his hand. Flagg was thrown across the room, the second violent act finally bringing Clara out of her stunned silence. Clara screamed out Flagg's name, which broke me from my dread. Clara began to run to Flagg's aid when in a flash of light Ethan disappeared and reappeared in an instant in front of Clara, stopping her in her tracks. He is only a six, and that won't do, Ethan said. You, on the other hand, you are a 27. That will have to do. I didn't understand Ethan's words, and before I had the chance to try and comprehend Ethan, had thrusted his hand through Clara's chest. I screamed out as her body began to convulse. Both Clara and Ethan's body began to change. Their bodies turned to a pure white light. Ethan's energy was drawn into Clara's body. The energy began to change, morphing between Clara and Sarah's body before it finally settled upon its final form. The Sarah I remembered from training stood before me. She was dressed in her Alpha Factor uniform, but her eyes shined a deep crimson red. I rushed over to her. A wave of crimson energy expanded out from her body, knocking me back into the ground. Sarah smiled as she examined her new body, then looked at me. No, she did not betray you, Sarah said. I needed a host body since my brother destroyed mine. 
I believed there was a war between two powerful beings, and I was right. I never fathomed that they were brothers. It was then that I took notice that Richter's body had changed. The being was still lying on the ground, dead or unconscious, but he no longer looked like Richter. He now appeared as another human male, someone I had never seen before. What the hell are you? I yelled. What did you do with Clara? Oh, do you love her too? Do you even know which person you love? And please, don't say both. That's just cheap. My rage overtook me. The creature was mocking me after killing the woman I loved. The buildup of energy overflowed. I rushed at Sarah faster than I had ever moved before. I knew it was possible I could be hurting or even killing Sarah, but at that moment, I didn't care. I wanted it dead. In an instant, I stood in front of Sarah and swung with all my might. Time seemed to slow to a crawl. I could watch my own fist heading for her face. Sarah smiled and disappeared just as my hand reached her. Before I could see where she had gone, I was struck from behind. The force was unlike anything I had ever felt. My body violently flew into the base of the capsule. My entire body ached as if he had broken every bone in my body. I fell to my hands and knees, struggling to stay conscious. I was no match for her. Do you know the odds of you not even understanding what has happened to you are? I do, and let me tell you, you are on the wrong side of them. Again, she was mocking me. She sounded like Ethan, or whoever that other being was. Sarah knew I was no threat to her. She slowly walked over and knelt down next to me and stared into my eyes. You need it explained to you, don't you? Sarah nodded before standing and approaching the computer console near the main containment capsule. Sarah entered a few keystrokes on the console. It was clear she had been there before and knew what she was doing. I could not make out the language on the display, but I remembered some of the symbols from the containment suit. It appeared as if Sarah was powering something else. So, this will take some time. Shall we talk? Sarah walked over to the containment capsule and brushed her hand against it. We were a lot like you. I know you're not exactly sure what you, you are, but honestly, that is inconsequential because the point is that you are able to be all of yous, at least the yous that are dead. Enough riddles and games. Just tell me what you want, I yelled out. I want to save my people. You see? I am just like you, someone who wants to end suffering, end death, and will do anything to accomplish the goal. At the expense of all others. The voice was low, weak. The other being had awakened. He stared at Sarah with the same hatred in his eyes as Sarah had for him. Sarah raised her hand. It was covered in a crimson light. Sarah paused for a moment, 
staring at the other being, then slowly lowered her hand. Yes, at the expense of all inferior versions. Sarah turned and looked at the display, then turned back towards me. You were given so many clues, but I guess everything has to be spelled out directly for you to get it. Am I right, David? My brother trapped me here because he wanted to stop me from saving our dimension. He came to care about you and believe that you deserve the right to grow and evolve as we did. In another time, I would agree. I am not one for genocide. I am a scientist after all. But what we are facing prevents me from playing nice with the test subjects. Or, should I say, with the food. I could barely move. The energy inside me was still there, but had gone from a raging storm to a light breeze. The other being looked to be in worse shape than I, barely able to remain conscious. I could see on the display that whatever was powering up wouldn't have long to go. While I did not know what it was, I knew inside that it would mean the end of us once it came to completion. We originally were flesh and bone humanoids, just like you. The difference was that we had an instinct inside of us that pushed us to improve. The goal to find our creator was imprinted upon us, and so progress, education, innovation was paramount in our society. We still had our warmongers, zealots, and simpletons, but they never gained or at least held their power as they did in your history. It was a cardinal sin in our society to destroy anything that could advance us. And so even when we fought our wars, those who could help us advance, as well as all their knowledge and technology, was spared. By the time your dimension was entering the Renaissance, we were exploring the deepest edges of space. We had a project as well, Project Creation. Our mission statement was to find our creator, or evidence of where we came from, and what our true purpose in life was. I was part of one of the expedition teams, along with my brother, Jacob. Our vessel was given a region of space to explore, and it would be decades before I would see my wife or my child. I was willing to sacrifice everything to find the answers to our existence. What do you think happens when decades went by and we found nothing? We had mapped most of the known universe and found no living beings and no planets that ever looked to contain life. Nothing but emptiness. Some people on our planet were convinced that our instinct was nothing but government manipulation to control the populace. Their anger turned to hate, and that led to our first and only global war. 
Turning our advanced technologies to weapons of war devastated our planet in a matter of months. I begged command to allow us to return to our world, but we were denied. It was during the war that we discovered the life energy inside of us. Unlike yours, it was always there, awakened, but it did not give us any special abilities. What it did allow was us to eventually shed our physical bodies and become beings of light. Our final evolution ended the war. There was no longer any death, at least not in the traditional sense. But that came too late for my wife and child. My brother wanted to return home. We could travel faster than light with no ship. I could have been home in days, but I no longer had a reason to return. Everyone else turned their research to our new bodies and how our energy is the same that is found throughout our universe. However, I had my own new mission. Since the essence of who we were was contained in the life energy, and life energy has always been there, then I believe that those who died must have gone somewhere. Perhaps their energy became part of the universe or it traveled somewhere else. Either way, I was determined to find out and to find a way to bring them back. My brother originally was happy to work with me. He too had lost friends during the war, but he did not have the stomach for it. He did not have what it would take to breach the gateway between our dimension and theirs. That is exactly what we had to do, you see. Breach the barrier between dimensions. I discovered this by accident when it was discovered that our bodies could detonate if exposed to additional energy. The resultant explosion created a distortion in space. And with that, I realized what we needed to do. As Sarah talked, I couldn't help but feel helpless that I no longer had the power to do anything. She spoke as if everything that had been done to us was just a side effect of their grand experiment. We were nothing to them. Our lives, our pain, it did not matter. They were superior. They were all that mattered. And our lives were theirs to sacrifice as they saw fit. You unleashed it, brother, and then wanted everyone else to pay the price. Jacob slowly rose to his feet. His eyes glowed white, brighter than anything I had seen previously. With a wave of his hand, he fired a blast of pure energy striking at Sarah's chest. The blast knocked Sarah back across the room to the floor. Something finally hurt it, but the action also took its toll on him. I want to tell you why this happened, David, but we don't have time. My brother, Emmanuel, he is trying to open another gateway to our dimension. We have to stop him before he does. I didn't understand why the being I now knew as Emmanuel would want to open a portal back to his home or why Jacob would want to stop him. But I believed him. 
I knew we had to stop Emmanuel. You need to take my power. You need to understand what you are, what power you possess, and use it to defeat Emmanuel. By absorbing my life energy, you can do so. Jacob reached out his hand. I was hesitant to take it. I did not know what absorbing his life energy would do to me, and I did not want to destroy Emmanuel at the cost of Sarah's life. But I had no time. Emmanuel stood up and stared at us. His eyes glowed a deep crimson. I knew any second he would attack. And apart, we had no chance to stop him. I know you have no reason to trust me, David. Our crimes are unforgivable. But at least we can ensure no other dimension will suffer the same fate. I did not know what fate Jacob was talking about, but he was right. We were out of time. I took Jacob's hand and felt a rush of energy enter my body. It was stronger than anything I felt when I was connected with the false Clara. Jacob was not only feeding me his power, but his knowledge, his history. In an instant, I knew what they had done and why if I did not close the gateway, it would not just mean our deaths, but the extinction of all life in our dimension. I could now understand the words on the computer console. As I moved to access it, I saw a flash of crimson light. Unlike before, I could also feel it. Time once again slowed and I could see a manual charging towards us. We were now the same speed and the advantage was mine. I could now see he only benefited from my inability to track his movements. His form was poor. He was not a fighter. He may have had the body of Sarah, but none of her skills. I countered every one of his attacks and knocked him to the floor. My physical attacks were hurting him, just as Jacob's energy attack did. While it pained me to fight against a woman I loved, I knew she'd want me to do anything I could to stop him, even if it meant killing her. So... My brother sacrificed himself to increase your power. Now you know he is also sacrificing our species. You know you would do anything to save mankind. And I am no different. No, I am different. You released death upon your dimension. And instead of working to try and stop it, you sold your soul to it and to every other soul across the multiverse. I could feel Jacob in my mind. He could communicate with me, the same as the false Clara did when we were connected. He guided me through the sequence to stop the gateway from opening. With a few keystrokes, it was over. Flag was coming too as I turned my attention to Emmanuel. I knew I could not return him to the containment unit but I wasn't prepared to destroy him while he still inhabited Sarah's body. I know everything you did, Emmanuel. I know that you experimented on your own people behind your brother's back. I know that you did open a gateway to what you thought was the afterlife, but it wasn't heaven that you found, was it? No. It wasn't even hell. I don't know what I opened the gateway to. It was a void. 
anti-light, anti-life. I unleashed it into our world and it began devouring all life energy. It didn't speak. It didn't have a name. We gave it one. Extinction, I answered. Flag approached me. He stared at me in amazement. I did not realize why. Not only were my eyes glowing the same white as Jacob's, but an aura of white energy surrounded my body. I explained everything to Flag. I hoped that perhaps he would have an answer to what could be done. I don't know, David. I'm sorry. Based on what you told me, this extinction can devour any type of life energy. If it feeds on life energy, then I cannot think of attack that could harm it. Now do you understand? Manuel said. Perhaps I was wrong to experiment on my own kind, but that was only a few lives. Extinction killed millions within a few hours. I tried everything to stop him. We were the most advanced beings in the universe and we were helpless against it. So I went back to what I knew how to do, open gateways. By then, it was more hope than science. But if we could open a gateway to somewhere we could trap it, or find something, someone that could defeat it. It was a long shot, but it was all we had. Flag approached the computer console and stared at it for several moments. I could not tell what he was doing. Hmm, I wonder. Flag spoke as he placed his hand on the computer console. His eyes began to glow a clear, bright blue. He was drawing energy directly from the console into his body. After a moment, his eyes returned to normal. He looked pleased with himself. Incredible. I theorized, David, that if Jacob could channel his energy into you, then perhaps I could also draw from anything using life energy. You said it yourself. It was like being fed data. Now, I could not hold the life energy that you can, but I was able to learn from this machine. I understand why Extinction would make a deal with Emmanuel. I'd learned so much from merging with Jacob. I learned that after countless tries, Emmanuel was able to open a gateway to our universe. Or at least, a universe. Jacob and Emmanuel found Earth, but it was an Earth in the middle of its own world war. There was no awakened life energy, nothing that would be useful to them. That was until they found the space station. I understand why you are so important now, David, Flag began. This space station, it was not built by the humans of this dimension. It was not built by the aliens either. I realize now that the life stream is part of the afterlife. It is where all beings who die go, regardless of being awakened or not. The life stream is the nexus that connects the multiverse. This space station taps directly into the life stream. Remember, I told you that the life stream was like a river. 
I was wrong. It is an ocean. This space station was designed to gather just a sample of the energy within the life stream. They were conducting tests on it. How the energy in there connects with the various dimensions. We do not know who created it, Emmanuel began. In my experiments, I knew there were many other dimensions, but this. The information here said there were thousands. Somewhere in that vast ocean of life energy is the key to our creation. I knew in time I would find a way to capture or destroy extinction, but I needed time. So I returned to my dimension and attempted to communicate with it. It was going to devour me, but it could access my mind. And that is when I learned that it could not cross dimensions on its own. I made a deal with it. Spare my dimension, and I would feed the life energy to it directly from the life stream. Emmanuel was willing to sacrifice billions of souls in an attempt to buy himself time to hopefully find a way to defeat extinction. But when he returned to the space station, his brother trapped him within the containment unit and closed the gateway to his home dimension. Jacob knew he was damning the rest of his species, but he did not want anyone else to suffer for their mistakes. Emmanuel's only advantage within the life stream was that he was aware he was within it, Flag continued. With that knowledge, it would only be a matter of time before he would find a way to escape. And so, Jacob became a sort of firewall, trapping Emmanuel inside. As long as Jacob stayed inside the capsule, he could keep Emmanuel from escaping, so his only choice was to find someone else who could escape instead. Emmanuel slowly rose to his feet. I stood ready to fight him, but he raised his hand in a gesture of surrender. There's no reason to fight anymore, Emmanuel began. Time works differently, not only within the life stream, but within the multiverse. It is not all the same. Our world's time is accelerated compared to this one's. It is likely that extinction has already devoured our entire race. So you would have opened the portal? For what then? Spite? I yelled. You still don't get it, do you? Emmanuel said. Extinction couldn't travel between dimensions then, but he will be able to soon. Unfortunately, he is correct, David, Flag said. Before trapping his brother, Jacob pondered if Emmanuel's plan had any merit. But it was the fact that a deal could even be struck that told him that sooner or later, extinction would evolve. Just as you received information and knowledge from interacting with Clara and merging with Jacob, extinction evolves by devouring life energy. Originally, it could not speak. It was more like a force of nature than a sentient being. By the time Emmanuel encountered it again, it could not only communicate, but strategize. 
Jacob believed that Extinction was going to use Emmanuel to gain access to the live stream via the space station. If Extinction was able to reach it, he would not only have access to all the life energy there, but to every dimension in all the multiverse. It would have meant the end of all life, everywhere. I still did not understand Emmanuel's total plan. If he opened the gateway, then Extinction would have devoured him before moving on to the life stream. You are missing the other half, Emmanuel said. While I was trapped within the life stream, I could access the memories and experiences of certain people within. I did not know at first why there were only certain people I could access, but soon I discovered why. There are anomalies within the souls in the life stream. Out of trillions, only a few thousand have this ability. They merge with their multidimensional counterparts. I am sure you noticed that you had so many different memories of your history. Sometimes the changes were small. A name here, a location there. Other times, it was a larger difference. You being with Sarah. You being with Clara. You being the savior of humanity. I didn't do that to you, David. It was never a manipulation. It was your inability to realize and understand your true power. It was what I was missing. When Clara pulled me from my life with Sarah, I could remember everything from before. It was as if I had multiple lives and only then I remembered them all. When Flag talked about a multiverse, I thought I was catching glimpses of other versions of me. When Emmanuel called Flag a six and Sarah a 27, I did not understand what he meant. But at that moment, it came to me. 26 versions, I said. Sarah was merged with 25 other versions of herself. That is what you meant. That is why she also had memories of her other lives. But then that means that Sarah and Clara are just alternate versions of each other, Flag interjected. Across the multiverse, I had fallen in love with the same woman. Just as in some dimensions my last name was Hayden, and in others Xavier, Clara, in some dimensions, was born Sarah. You are both correct, Emmanuel said. Sarah was the first being I encountered that had a life energy level and frequency that was stronger and more different than any other before. Somehow, instead of each individual being its own existence within the afterlife, they merged. I did not know how or why this was happening, and to this day, I still do not know, but that was my way out. I myself was held by my brother's life energy within the life stream, so while I could not move freely, I could send lesser clones of myself into your afterlives to recruit you to free me by freeing yourselves. There actually was a being named Richter. 
His life energy signature was even stronger than yours, David. But as I sought him out, his life energy disappeared, and I haven't felt it since. Then I found you via Sarah. Your life energy was unstable, but so powerful. I couldn't accurately guess, but based on my calculations, you are merged with over 1,000 versions of yourself. You had the power to break through the barrier created by the space station and the firewall created by my brother. So I set out to bring you here. When I merged with Jacob, I learned that he, as well as Emmanuel, had limited access to the afterlife. Both were in a constant struggle with each other. Most of my memories, my suffering, was because I could not handle the combined energies of all my multiverse counterparts. As Emmanuel said, I was unstable. My fears and guilt followed me into the live stream and merged with other versions of myself going through the same thing. I was flawed from the beginning. If I was to be a hero, it would be a flawed one. That still does not explain why you would open a gateway to this dimension. Why would you risk giving extinction everything? He was looking for extinction's counter, Flag replied. He was looking for creation. I hadn't considered that the being known as creation was actually real. I believe the idea of twin gods who created all existence was part of my damage. But Emmanuel believed it. It made sense. If there is light, there is darkness. If there is life, there is death. And so if there is extinction, then there had to be creation. Something must be created for it to be extinguished, Emmanuel began. I called your power an anomaly. That is only because I do not understand your place within the life stream. But that doesn't mean there isn't something, someone that does. Someone trapped extinction in that void dimension, and I believe that is who my people have been looking for. We believed our creator was somewhere in deep space, but what if he is in one of these dimensions? Part of me hoped by freeing you, David, it would attract his attention. But we need more than what you can provide. Emmanuel was willing to risk it all on a hunch. A so-called man of science, so afraid of what he released, that he was willing to bring all life to the brink of extinction to summon an unknown savior. No, I said. We will find another way. I turned my attention to the computer console. My thinking was that if I could find out who created the space station, it would go a long way to finding someone who could help us. Flag, see if you can access the computer again. I want to see if... I heard Flag yell my name. I could feel a rush of energy behind me. I turned, ready to defend myself against Emmanuel's attacks. His movements were faster than before faster than I could react. Around the palm of his hand, energy gathered. He was drawing in life energy, 
not only from his own body, but everything around him. Streams and particles of life energy swirled around his hand and began to take shape. The energy took solid form. I could not react in time as his newly created sword pierced through my chest. The pain was unlike anything I had felt before. My body was made of energy, but it felt as if it had cracked my ribs and pierced my heart. I screamed out in pain as all the power I had felt before drained out of me. Reality dimmed as I fell to my knees. Emmanuel raised the palm of his hand towards Flag. In a flash of light, Flag disappeared. I didn't blame him. I had Jacob's power within me and was still defeated by one maneuver. Emmanuel was waiting for this, biding his time, playing a defeated role until I lowered my guard. I didn't want any of this, Emmanuel began. We had evolved to the best our species could be. We could travel the universe. We ended suffering and death. Why could we not bring back those we failed? Why was I unable to save them? Emmanuel reopened the gateway, but I could see something was different. He tapped directly into the containment unit to draw additional power in order to open the gateway faster. It was overloading the station systems. Not only was he using sentient life energy to open the gateway, but by overloading the systems, he would destroy the space station and all the sentient life that was held within the containment unit. Emmanuel, stop! I reached out and grabbed hold of Emmanuel. He kicked me in the ribs, knocking me onto my side. The look in his eyes, they were full of rage, but also sadness. Now, do you see why I cannot depend on you, David? You are weak. None of you have the intelligence to stop extinction. You want to know why I am unleashing extinction? Why I don't care what it does to the live stream? Because they are not there. Do you understand? If the life energy is the afterlife, the gathering of all sentient life energy, then why? Why were my wife and daughter Sharon not there? There is an answer, but neither of you nor anyone else in the live stream can give it to me. Only one being can. Emmanuel looked up at the dome ceiling. It was only then that I noticed the metal panels had opened. I could see into space, a beam of multicolored energy channeled out from the space station, creating a tear in space just above it. The tear was expanding quickly, then I felt it. The static-like feeling returned. It was like a feeling of weakness and dread. It'll soon be here, and one of two things will happen, Emmanuel began. Either creation or his herald will come and destroy it or extinction will devour all life and our existence and all our suffering will come to an end. Salvation or a mercy killing? You should be thanking me. I felt myself being pulled away from reality. At first I believed I was losing consciousness, but then I felt his presence. Jacob was calling to me. Everything went dark, and from the darkness, a single point of light expanded out, taking form of a human female. I realized it was not Jacob who had pulled me in. 
it was someone else. Someone I had never seen before. David, my name is Anna. Think of me as a guide for those special few who have a special connection within the life stream. You must stop the gateway from opening. We are not yet prepared to face extinction. He must remain trapped in the other dimension or all will be lost. Who, who is this we? I asked. D do you mean creation? If you have people who can kill Emmanuel, send them. I, I, I can't. Anna touched my shoulder and in an instant I felt calm. Nothing else had changed. She did not give me power or heal my wounds or even feed me new information. Her touch, it just stabilized me. You can defeat Emmanuel, David, Anna said. You still have the power of Jacob within you. You must channel as much of your life energy as you can into his body. It will overload him just as he attempted to overload the space station. It will cause a soul explosion. You will not survive it, but Dr. Flagg will be able to shut down the energy beam and close the rift. A woman I had never met was telling me to sacrifice myself. I could accept that. I was willing to die to stop Emmanuel, but Sarah, Sarah deserved to live. I knew there had to be a way to stop him and to save her. I nodded at Anna, telling her I was ready. I could not tell if she believed me or not, but in an instant, I was back on the space station. I dragged myself across the floor and grabbed hold of Emmanuel's leg. Before he could react, I began to drain the life energy out of him. I'd come to understand the difference in life energies that they each had their own signature, unique to the individual. I knew pulling Emmanuel's energy into mine could be dangerous, but I had no other way to save Sarah. Sarah screamed as I drained the last of Emmanuel's life energy into my body. The last thing I saw was Sarah collapse to the floor as Flag returned and ran to her side. I myself returned to the darkness of before, but the calming light and energy that was coming from Anna was replaced with streams of crimson color energy filled with anger, sadness, and rage. The streams of energy combined, forming a humanoid body. I immediately recognized it. I didn't know why Emmanuel chose to appear in Richter's body, but I was prepared to end him once and for all. You have truly been a useful idiot, David. With your power, I would have never been able to force my way into your body, which is why I needed to create the perfect situation to make you invite me in. You see, no matter what happens now, you lose. If I destroy you, your body and all of its power becomes mine. If you defeat me, my life energy will detonate inside you, causing an explosion that will destroy everything within a thousand miles. 
Now do you understand, David? Everything I have done was planned out for centuries. What this was, was a long game of chess. And this, this here, is checkmate. Next week, chapter 21.